welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libation. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. <laughs> I'm Brittany Lysing. And this is Life, life Pairings. Pairings. Because life is hard, so pair it with alcohol. Don't cry, little baby. Mama has a bottle or a boob or a goat teat. As today's life pairing is breastfeeding with bourbon milk punch. We discuss rooting, naked handstands, and bosoms. Whoa. (laughs) So we're all over the map this episode. (laughs) Um, Well, not only is this a fun episode, but we have a fun guest. Yes. Um, our dear friend Chantel, who has recently had a baby, is here to school us a little bit on uh, breastfeeding from her perspective. I we didn't feel it was our place to just start uh, telling people how to breastfeed. <laughs> yeah, seeing as we've never had children used our breasts for anything other than you know, my boobs are getting long enough that I can put them in my own mouth, but. <laughs> whole different topic of conversation yeah you guys the haven't aging process up to be has not served me well <laughs> what's that i said you haven't signed up to be a wet nurse yet i'm my <laughs> own wet nurse <laughs> <laughs> um hello Chantel. hello thank you for having me thank you for doing this this is a delight yeah <laughs> tell us why you kind of because you also suggested this so tell us why you kind of wanted to talk about this Um, I think that, um, and not necessarily specifically breastfeeding, but like the whole of postpartum, like after having a baby, like there's so much, I mean, you go a full nine months plus like I was at 10 months there after that baby decided to come out, both of them actually, (laughs) but, um, you go for so long and like you don't have any alcohol and and then it like you have the baby and like I think in those last like that last month you just dream about you're like okay I'm gonna have like this is my first drink it's gonna be so good you just dream about (laughs) having that drink and then the baby comes out and you're like I can't drink I'm so fucking tired that I can't do anything (laughs) I can't even I can't imagine having a drink and so yeah Oh, they should sort of like IVs for moms, like at that. Ah, they hydrate you and give you bourbon or something. Yeah. So, okay. In and I, I think I'm jumping the gun here, but hmm. so I heard a rumor that, like, on the East Coast, that like in the delivery room they'll give you a beer, and it's um, I think like Guinness is what it's supposed to be, is what's supposed to make your oh. milk come in, and so like in the delivery room they give you a Guinness, and I don't know if that's real. I w- I hope it's real. I think that's pretty cool. With my first, that's I had a, I had a Guinness, and then I felt my milk come in, which was kind of cool. But I didn't with my second. But but yeah, that's Ooh. pretty cool. That's that neat. Um, Guinness I mean, is Guinness supposed to be like, like a ton of, yeah, weirdly healthy for you. So it's like yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, not forty three of them, but like I mean, <laughs> that's what they give people. In a, a, they used to give people in the hospital in Ireland mm-hmm. uh, when they needed some sustenance and mm-hmm. quickly so oh that's really neat yeah that's very cool yeah um so i guess that kind of talks about like what it means to Chantel. Brittany, does breastfeeding mean anything to you um i suppled on my mama's teat i'm very grateful uh-huh. for it i have lots of friends who have children 
I think it's very cool and very natural and wicked that like we can feed our own children. Isn't that neat? Yeah. Like I don't it's pretty neat. That <laughs> it's just neat. like that just like your body has built in food. <laughs> like yeah. that, like that's the sure. most I I think we're really like you know uh, under estimating the human body sometimes or we're like not giving enough uh enough credit to the fact that just like you have a baby and then your body makes it food yeah that's why that's cool. <laughs> but um yeah i think uh and also i've heard a lot of uh, it's not an easy process i've heard mm. a lot of women feel differently about it it's it's very hard for some mothers it's it's easier for others it's uh yeah, it's a I, I I certainly hear lots about it more in my thirties than I ever did in my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, what's it mean to you? Um, I'm kind of a virgin on this. I've had a couple of friends that have had babies and yeah, they're it it is always kind of one of these things that I think there's a lot of I'm sure we're gonna talk about in the psychology stuff, but there is a lot of pressure on women to do it or not to do it. Um, and it, from obviously my historical research, <laughs> that's been since day one. Oh, judging it's, judging women for everything? Cool. Women, mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even the men, it's just other women. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's kind of actually been quite interesting to learn a little bit more. Especially on like the kind of more technical side, because I am like, it's just magic. It's just magic, right? Yeah, food just comes magic. out of your boob. <laughs> food boobs, magic. magic. <laughs> <laughs> just like how babies are born, and just how like babies are made. Just magic. It's magic. You know what? It is kind of magic, though. I it mean, is. yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't know. I do think it's magic. Science is magic. Mm-hmm. That's that's literally what I taught the students I teach in grade five human sexuality this year. I just said, you know what, guys, you don't need to see pictures. You don't need to learn terms. You just need to know that it's magic. <laughs> magic is how babies are made. I mean, they don't need to know how their radios are made or like their televisions are made. No, it's true. That's magic too. It's oh magic. My God. It's magic. I remember. I was such a horny little kid. I always really looked forward to sex ed. <laughs> like early on like as like a grade yeah. five or whenever you start learning like i i I like would play sick on a lot of days because i really hated school <laughs> but i didn't miss one sex ed class i think i was just like i think i reached my peak of sexuality at nine years old i just wanted to know I, kids <laughs> so love questions. it they have so many questions and it's just like the most engaged and like also like the most awkward that they are but um okay i'll tell this little story though but so we like started um, sex ed and it was so I had to teach because last year the grade fours essentially didn't do sex ed because we were online school um, and we usually do it at the end of the year. So we did it this year in January. So I go through the whole year four curriculum with because um, I taught a four five split. So I go through the whole four curriculum with everybody and then I go to the grade fives and then we do the five curriculum with them. And then you get to the five curriculum, there's pictures and all of the pictures. and so. I like handed out the workbook and was like, okay, guys, nobody open it until I say go. And when I say go, you're going to look through this book. You're going to find the funniest thing that you can find. And you're going to call it out. Like, just like yell it out, like find a word, find whatever you want to find, find a picture and just like yell out what you see. And so it was pretty funny. We said go. And then they like find it and they're like, oh, my God. I like testicles. It was was sex ed Tourette's. 
<laughs> well, because yeah, we're supposed to kind of like when I did it, it was all very like, this is this, you know, this is the proper thing. And all of the kids were like, what the, like, I think we were all like, this is weird. This thing looks weird. Why are mm-hmm. we, because <laughs> you've never seen it in like half mm-hmm. this shit before. Yeah. And you're supposed to be like respectful and no laughing. I don't think that's the best way to. Oh no, you have to. I was laughing. Like I had tears streaming down my face because they just can't stop giggling because it's so funny. Like you're just (laughs) sitting there being like, and then penises and vaginas. Like it's just, and you never, and especially like the kids I taught, like I've taught them for years. And so like traveled with them through the grades. And so then like these kids that I've known for five years now, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, we're at this point in our lives now that we have to talk about this like oh it was yeah but it's pretty well the human body does some pretty weird stuff Mm -hmm. i'm telling you you guys farts are funny yeah yeah everything but stuff is funny but Mm -hmm. we flaccid penises hilarious Mm -hmm. there's not i mean if we're not acknowledging this we're only lying to ourselves yeah it's just like sex it's not unless you put it to music it's not sexy yeah, we were just discussing this pre-podcast. We're saying that there was a show that I enjoyed, but they left all the real sex noises in there. And I was like, yeah, you guys don't affair. have a music. The Affair with Dom- Dominic West, who I'm rightfully mm-hmm. uh, obsessed with. Mm. Um, but they leave like all the, that was like the part that I like couldn't get over. Because I was like, oh, you didn't have a musical director on hand to cover up these, these smacking noises? This is awful. We <laughs> 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 couldn't yeah. put this to a whimsical tune? but anyways maybe i'm sure this psychology runs deep (laughs) uh deep this week and uh i'm gonna hand the reins over to the lovely Chantel uh to maybe tell us a little bit about the psychology of breastfeeding yeah i think well the psychology and kind of what it means to me um i think are kind of the same just breastfeeding is it's a thing that it is kind of presented and it's like, oh, and then you breastfeed. Like, it's just like this thing that everyone assumes that everyone can do. And then the reality of it is so much different. And like, just for, I guess, kind of numbers in my birth and babies class, um, I guess this was four years ago, three years ago, out of, I would say, 12 women, I would say two of them. One, one for sure, maybe two, were able to exclusively breastfeed for their child's like entire first six months or first year or whatever it was. Whoa. So um, two out of 12. And I think most other people, like everybody else tried, like everybody tried to breastfeed, but um, two out of 12 is a crazy stat of yeah. people that were actually able to to do it. And so... Well, that's why there's got to be formula because, I mean, you know, it wouldn't have been invented if everybody could just breastfeed. Yeah. Yeah. They push breastfeeding in the hospital. Um, Kind of the baby comes out and then you do skin to skin and then you get the baby kind of on on the boob as soon as you can. And with with my first, I was in there. And so I told them, yes, I would like to breastfeed, but... Um, if I need to, then you get formula. And essentially what happens when you're at the hospital is you have to like push the nurse button and you have to ask for formula and they'll bring you about 10 mils kind of when you ask for it. But usually they're tracking it because um, they want to know how much is going in. Right. And so I remember calling and asking for formula and they were like, you're supposed to be breastfeeding. Have you tried breastfeeding yet? And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've been, I, my nipples are raw. 
I, there's no milk here. Nothing's coming out. This baby is screaming, is obviously starving. Like something's going on here. Can we maybe just jump to the formula right now and let me figure it out later? Whereas the second time they were so much more laid back and it was, I was, if it's not working, then um, I'm just going to try formula. That first bit in the hospital too, I was like, it's not working. I'm going to go home. I'm going to pump when I get home, just kind of get things going. Right. But it's not working. And they were pretty good, but they were like, you're still trying. Right. It's, which is, it's really crazy. Like it just feels so judgmental. And I'm like, these people that I don't know who are nurses who are supposed to be helping me are making me feel awful because I'm not trying this thing that's really hard even after I've just gone through this like really traumatic thing of giving birth and yeah exactly you're like hey I just grew a baby and then shoved a (laughs) huge thing out my vagina yeah uh went through like multi hours of construction and you know what now I just feel like sitting here chilling out watching tv (laughs) don't want to talk to a baby don't I don't even you take care of the baby like I'm not interested yeah it's it's super it was super weird and I and I'm saying all this stuff about the nurses and I mean I had fantastic nurses when I delivered both of my kids it was that aftercare with the first that was that was really tough and I don't think I'm not I'm not speaking for all nurses or anything like that but I had a really negative experience that first time and so do you think um, that's because um, time has passed or because they they like it was a different nurse or do you think it was because they it was your second that they were like oh she knows what she's doing like do they put do they push first time moms a little more I think so. I think it's a bit of both. I think the first time my nurses were quite young and just weren't very kind. I remember my my baby was crying and I was trying to calm the baby down, but I couldn't stand up. I had just, I'd hemorrhaged a ton. I actually puked for five hours after the delivery. Like it was just a really rough experience. And I kind of pushed the call button asking for formula. And the nurse came in and was like, she doesn't need formula. And she like grabbed the baby and was like, you just have to pat her bum like this and then like thrust her back to me and I was like I was like I was just in shock I was like I I don't like I can't stand up to rock the baby like that like I'm sitting in the bed it was just a really strange thing so um but then the second time I also asserted myself a bit more Right. Whereas the first time I didn't really know and I'm, you know, the nurse, I assume the nurse knows everything. I'm just going to do what they say to do. Whereas the second time I was like, nope, I need this. This is and I was a bit more. Yeah. Well, you, you had a little more confidence in yourself. So you were just like, I know what this is doing. I know what's happening. You don't need to yell at me. I just mm-hmm. had a baby. Yeah. I I think that happens with like and not to not to take any limelight away from this specific situation but like i think that happens a lot where you just sort of put your faith in somebody who's done it before or knows what they're doing and you go like oh yeah well you know it's a she's a nurse or it's a doctor so Mm -hmm. i should just listen and then and then when you're like wait a minute i know my own body i yeah now that you have had your psyche you're like i know what happens here like just fucking give it a rest yeah well and i think i wonder too like if because I've noticed this like in some of the surgeries and stuff I've been through, you know, like, especially when it's something like that happens quite often, I wonder if the medical staff does get a little bit like, oh, this is my 155th this out, like week or whatever. Like, yeah, they, if there is a, a sort of deadening almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's like anything yeah. that we do at work, right? Yeah. Like we kind of get desensitized almost, which isn't a great thing in yeah. that 
world, but yeah, you see a ton of babies yeah. go through there and you're just like, nope, this is what you do. It's simple. Just do it like this. Like what's the, what's the, yeah. issue, right. And, but yeah. And I think there's so much pressure on women to breastfeed, right. It's this, mm-hmm. it, it's this thing that, you know, uh, with that stat of like out of the 12, only two of them were actually able to do it. All of us assumed that we could breastfeed. We're just like, no, you have a baby and then you can breastfeed. Like, it's just, it just happened, right? And there's, you know, there isn't, and I mean, unless you go searching for it, there isn't necessarily a lot of education on it. And then to take you, I'm going to, to some of the stuff that I was looking up today, everything is like breast is best. You have to breastfeed. Like, this is the most important thing. So all of the information that you're getting is like pressure to do this thing. And so... The thing that I was reading today says, in mothers, breastfeeding significantly reduces physiological and subjective stress, facilitates positive affect, and improves maternal sensitivity and care. So like that last thing improves maternal sensitivity and care. It's like, if I don't breastfeed, I'm not going to be a good mom. I'm not going to have that maternal, I'm not going to be able to care for my kid or be, you know, which is super fucked up. Like it's- And so there's so much pressure for people to to do this thing that, you know, it's it can be quite tough to do. And it's and if it's not working too, the supports are quite it's hard to get in to get support. Like there there are clinics that you can book in, but even my most recent kid had a tongue tie, which means that his tongue is like kind of attached, like close all the way to so that he like can't stick his tongue out of his mouth. Um, so it's like attached underneath. And so you can get a tongue tie like clipped and that, um, is supposed to help with how they're like, how they're latching and how they're breastfeeding, right? It allows for the sucking motion to be stronger. And so it was, I had multiple, like the baby came out and they were like, yep, he has a tongue tie, blah, blah, blah. To get into a clinic, it was, he was nearly two weeks old. And so, yeah, and at like, that point, so what am I supposed to do between then? Yeah, 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 basically. And so it's kind of an interesting, it's, you know, you're supposed to do this, but there isn't a lot of, it's hard to get support. But any, what was also very interesting, um, so, you know, when you put into Google, like, so I did literally psychology of breastfeeding. <laughs> and then, um, so this scrolling down. Oh, we research similarly. Yeah. (laughs) People also ask, and it can breastfeeding affect mental health? And like the third thing down is negative effects of breastfeeding on mom. (laughs) Health effects. How long do you have to breastfeed for? What are the benefits? Um, Extended breastfeeding depression. (laughs) So it's kind of interesting that it's like, not that far down is what are the negative you know like this is these are the popular like here's here's related searches to this and it's and right near the top is the negative of it right i I think that just kind of speaks to speaks to how tough it is right and there's so many different options too right you can it's you know, and some people like maybe you can only breastfeed on one side and you have one working boob and one boob that doesn't work. It's like they don't necessarily like work together, but they do when your milk comes in and you have the baby on one side. So usually when the baby starts to suck, then your milk comes in and you like feel like a letdown and that's the milk is letting down, you will. But that usually happens on both sides. 
So yeah. like, even though you have it on one side, which is why you have like breast pads and stuff and why people like leak through their shirts is because the letdown happens on both sides. However, like both your breasts are not mutually exclusive. That makes sense. <laughs> they're not, they're not tied together. Yeah. yeah, they haven't been duplexed. That's what <laughs> that's what happens when <laughs> elevators work off one button. This is how I think of things. Um, but also, I don't think I think a lot of people don't know too, like the, the million bazillion complications that can happen too. Like, yeah, you can get clogs. Uh, mm. Some I've heard some moms have problem with over lactation, so the baby goes to take a drink and literally gets like fire hose sprayed, <laughs> and. The, <laughs> And then, like, it just becomes a frustrating, yeah, it just becomes a frustrating process where, like, the baby can't really get the milk because it's honestly firing out of there so quickly. And then that becomes a problem. I've heard uh, lots of women having clogged ducts. And then so Mm -hmm. you're, you literally have rock hard breasts that are incredibly painful. I've heard of, there's so many things, like, everybody's body is so different. It's so odd that they would put one such a general thing on on such a different you know yeah yeah and I think I don't know if this is sort of part of this too is that we have up till probably like a couple years ago we really much we moved into this sort of perfectionist world especially like with Instagram and YouTube vlogs and stuff and so I feel like there is like a little bit more of a understanding of like we can't be perfect and everything let's say like fitness wise, nutrition wise, but I feel like the, the parenting thing. And I think especially like pregnancy and like postnatal stuff is still very much. Nope. These are the rules. We just follow the rules. And if they don't work, that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think, um, yeah, it's cr- sorry. No, go ahead. I think um, people too, just like other, other moms or just other people that, you know, asking, oh how's your baby sleeping it's like mm-hmm. asking if your baby's sleeping asking if you're breastfeeding asking how things like it turns like it's such a shameful and judgmental thing because you've been led to believe that you need to be breastfeeding or that you know your baby should be sleeping through the night it's like no baby shouldn't be sleeping through the night like baby you know like it, it doesn't they have that to be broken if that's a and I was like you should check on that baby if he's sleeping 19 hours a day they, that's a cat you got a cat eat. not a not a baby <laughs> go check it for fur yeah they gotta eat every three hours you know like and, and if they sleep more or if they sleep more than three hours that's awesome but it's oh it just and so there's so much there's so much judgment right and I think it's all kind of like you were saying Carla that society is like this is how it's supposed to be and so when people ask those questions, and especially um, I find when other moms ask those questions, it it feels so judgmental. It just, you're like, you just, there's so much shame associated with so many things, which is so crazy, which I think is also like just our society and stuff too. And um, yeah, just yeah. things that are placed on women. But <laughs> that's another podcast, guys. Another <laughs> well, no, that's every like podcast every- we do. <laughs> We're like, <laughs> Goddamn patriarchy. But I think to like women, it's very shameful. Like we never learn anything. Like I never learned any of this stuff before my friends had babies. I didn't know that you know your nipples would hurt, that your boobs would hurt. I because we, we don't talk about that stuff. I mean, like even what is it? This year is the first year that like tampon ads have 
when the like fluid comes out, it's not blue anymore. Now it's red. We finally admitted yeah. during commercials of periods that periods are blood. So I know we're just like, hey, you guys, by the way, um, I will <laughs> say this, and and not to be um uh, just just sort of the other perspective of just sort of like not being naive and not knowing. I think sometimes mm-hmm. like I when you're when you're you're the one under the microscope and being asked all these questions constantly by everybody all the time it starts to be like oh am i supposed to be doing something different why are they asking and i think people Mm -hmm. sometimes just ask because that's like a thing you do it's kind of like you see somebody who you haven't seen for 20 years you're like oh where are you working and they're like oh i'm kind of in between jobs right now you know like and then you're in your head you're like maybe i shouldn't ask that question but the truth is, and and not to say I don't care about what the answer is, because I, I genuinely do when I ask a friend, like, hey, are you sleeping through the night? Is the baby sleeping through the night? I've asked that question a million times, and the only reason I'm asking it is because I truly don't know when babies sleep. <laughs> like, I don't know what age is associated with what sleep pattern. I'm always just like, did you get to sleep? Yeah. That's generally what I'm asking is like, oh, have you had an opportunity to rest? Are you okay? Um, And then I guess if if we don't, if the answers are kind of being hidden in shame, then that gets then propagated that, oh, babies do sleep all night or breastfeeding is totally natural. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we don't, we just, we're dumb and we don't know because we don't have it. Yeah. And then I'm sure like that, then when those people then go have babies, they're confused because they were like, but I thought this was supposed to be easy. Yeah. One time when I was 18, I said to my cousin, oh man, you're so lucky you don't have to work. You get to stay home and hang out all day long. And she just had her second kid. And she was like, I will throw you through a plate glass window. <laughs> but I was just like 18 and I was just like, work sucks, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I just, <laughs> there's no, like, I really, I mean, I really don't think people, I think sometimes other moms when they're asking they should know so it's like oh is yeah. the baby sleeping through the night it's like no is yours you fucking bitch <laughs> <laughs> but i think when people who don't have kids or don't know what the hell they're talking about they're literally just like so when when do you get to start drinking again yeah <laughs> and, and also so too like other other moms that um maybe have a baby that does sleep all the time so they're like this is easy like i get to stay home and like i'm doing all this stuff at home and my baby sleeps and i just feed them and then they sleep and things are good and it like also speaks to how different babies are right because especially with that first one you hear other people in the birth and babies group are they're like they're sleeping and they're doing all the stuff during the day and it's like i my baby never stops crying i'm so tired all the time i can't stop crying like how you know it doesn't you're just like how is this and and it just speaks to how different babies are and how different every experience can be right but it that's the thing too and i wonder if those ones too that are saying like oh my kid sleeps through the night they're probably like why does my kid sleep through the night? Like, what is wrong with my kid? Well, and then you have other people being like, your kid sleeps all the way through the night. You shouldn't have anything to complain about. It's just like, okay, just so you know, everyone has something to complain about because life is tiresome and it's exhausting for every single person. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I do, I always think that's really funny. Like, oh, what do you have to complain about? Oh, do you, well, a lot. (laughs) I don't know you that well, so I'm not going to get into it. (laughs) Yeah. 
but it is very funny. I think people just sometimes need to be more, a little more sensitive about the questions they're asking. I know I've been guilty of this so many times. I can't stand a silence. So I just, (laughs) I just start talking. I'm just like, I'm like, what's your, how's everyone's vagina feeling? (laughs) Everyone's like, I, it was not good. It was better when you didn't say anything. (laughs) I'm like, I know, but I just lashed out. I have a problem. (laughs) When you're um, exhausted to any question seems like a criticism. So oh, yeah. when you're oh, going 100%. through this like major life change, like even even if you have a really good baby, like you're still, you know, one that sleeps, you're still probably up every three to five hours with that baby. Well, and that's what they use as a form of torture. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm pretty sure they use baby crying. Mm. And like whenever the Americans are doing their interrogation to find terrorists, mm-hmm. they like do sleep deprivation. Yeah. I had Except for maybe those people only do it for like a month and then they like die or they give up a false lie. But with your baby, you're like, uh, who do I tell the secret to to get the baby to let me sleep? <laughs> my brother was, I was joking about my brother to another a friend of mine who has kids. And I was like, oh, yeah, my brother's, they're, they're nuts or something. And then she was like, you listen to me. They were probably not nuts before they had that baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I just, <laughs> I was like, can I get you anything? I'm going to go now. <laughs> yeah. So, there's a lot of rage in her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what anything is and just like can't trust that anybody's being kind to you. <laughs> you're like, everyone's criticizing me because you're criticizing yourself because you're like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and all your cognitive, yeah, like brain analysis is is busy. It's doing other things at the time. Other people, I may do also enjoy not be this critical. <laughs> so I'm like, you just hate yourself. You assume that you can't do anything. Yeah, I um, I also I have uh, friends and family members who have more than three kids, and but like they have like a four kids, and by like the fourth one, the fourth baby's crying, and they're like, is this the baby's crying, and they're like, oh, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're like with the, the older children deal with that child now <laughs> like yeah that's how why you have multiple children so that then the farm the oldest one can take care of the younger ones i always think it's very funny I'm like well right on to, well that's that that's um that's so nice to hear the insight you know because i think mm-hmm. sometimes i think sometimes and like i said again i i'm so guilty of this just asking fucking inane questions that are none of my business <laughs> 90% of the time, I don't even know care what the answer is to a lot of people. I'm just asking because no one else is talking. So here's a good reminder for me to shut my friggin' mouth. And also all you other people who are asking moms inappropriate questions and trying to touch their bellies. Go away! I want to learn things! <laughs> Ask questions. I think asking questions is good. And I must say, too, that like in speaking about this, I'm not thinking of either of you in like this has not happened with either of you I mean, when I you are not you the people you i'm thinking like of. spray the wall with your breast milk the other day and you were like i gotta go <laughs> oh no i've way. done this many a times to many other people it's just i've like slowly started to learn my lesson on like what's an appropriate thing to say to a brand new mother <laughs> <laughs> which is it's all part of the you know it's that i think that is it is learning which is i think also part of like why i was like let's talk about this breastfeeding super hard it's not it's not easy yeah. you know like it's that 
that postpartum time is being pregnant is super hard especially when you decide to puke for nine months like why not that's fun you know so it's it's these things are really difficult but it's not this it's it's the same thing like miscarriages how people don't tell anybody you're pregnant until 12 weeks because what if and it's like no just fucking ever start talking about this like this is this is important this is women do not need to go through things silently and by themselves that's not that's not what this is this shouldn't be this way especially something like you know like populating the earth like (laughs) (laughs) i know it's something like we've been literally doing it for since the dawn of time and it's still something that's totally shrouded in mystery and (laughs) well maybe carla can give us a little history absolutely so i'm going to talk about wet nurses do you guys know what wet nurses are (laughs) I watched a film about it, but I don't think it's appropriate to say. <laughs> oh, is it from a, no. uh, an adult channel? I just like making rude jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so a wet nurse is a lactating woman who breastfeeds a child who is not their own. Ooh. Uh, it's it's a hugely, it was a hugely historical profession almost uh, and now it's largely died out since the invention of invention of infant formula and feeding bottles so basically what was used before was animal milk and it's not as nutritional okay. and i went down a little bit of a rabbit hole i've seen a lot of boobs today and i was doing some <laughs> research but i also found something and i was like oh this is a rabbit hole i don't want to go down to about um animal and human breastfeeding. Oh. So both ways. Hmm. Okay, what? So you they'd have the baby suck on an animal's teat? Yeah, like a goat. I mean... Or a c- cow. And then the opposite, I was, too. So, so I, baby, I was like, no. Yeah. Mm. When, so how else do you get the milk out of the Hold cow? on, when you say opposite, do you, do baby, do you yeah. mean a cow's baby is now sucking on a wet nurse's teat? Or is that um, not what you think? That's maybe possible. I saw orangutans. I didn't go too far into it because I started getting a little creeped out. You're, I was going to say, you're going to plummet right into the fetish circle if you're not. Oh my God. I know. I was like, stay stay online. Stay online. <laughs> my biggest concern is whether those baby orangutans have teeth. Because that oh, would be yeah. a really awful situation. Because when do babies get teeth? Um, they like they can. Did you know babies can be born with teeth, which is like super <laughs> fucking weird. I mean, it's normal. Every every baby's normal. It's all whatever. It would be really weird <laughs> to see like a full set of teeth on an infant. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh. like every baby's normal. This baby ate its sibling <laughs> in utero, and now it's attached to the front of their tummy, just like a normal baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say usually like two two months plus is when like teeth can start to. End. So you're still breastfeeding. Yes, but usually teeth. one tooth doesn't do much. It's when you get multiples like on the top and on the bottom, right? I would say <laughs> right. I like I I feel that most um people that I know generally stop breastfeeding around like six to eight or ten months and so and I mean like my oldest just uh, finished getting her last um, like her her two-year molars and she's close to three years old right she's a few months away and she just finished getting her last teeth 
Okay. So, so it's, you know, it can take. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so basically to be a uh, wet nurse, obviously you would have had a child just before this. And a lot of the times, obviously, who's going to be a wet nurse? going to be a lower class person. Um, and then therefore, because most families wouldn't want their like lower class person living in their lower class house and giving breast milk to their baby, like almost like being in a poorer area was maybe not as safe hmm. and secure Interesting. and, um, you know, whatever. So anyways, they would actually have them come to their houses. So the wet nurse would live in their house and then generally they would have to give up their own infant to caregivers and then they were given this artificial food a lot of the times i've seen up to 90 percent of those infants died so 90 percent of uh like the sort of poor um wet nurses children died oh that seems very high so i don't quite trust that but Mm -hmm. you know it unfortunately does make sense because they're not able to be there so that they can provide a living it's very complicated. Also, lower class people, I feel sometimes, like historically, are not um, the records are not necessarily as accurate. Mm-hmm. Well, and child mor- uh, mortality has been super high for a very long time too, so it's not a hundred percent tied to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reasons for why you would want a wet nurse? Well, your man, he don't want your bosom to be ruined okay (laughs) some men thought that would happen also men it would take their women's affections away from them (laughs) do you know what like i know you're saying that jokingly and like very sarcastically (laughs) but you know what in like to dive back to the psychology it would be Mm. hard to watch like your wife and your partner to be so desperately and continuously needed by somebody else yeah i think that's an odd feeling here's the, the thing too is um when you're sustaining like you're breastfeeding or you're constantly if you have a baby that's like colicky and stuff and you're constantly holding it then it's that mm-hmm. you're like over overstimulated. it's like you know you don't want anybody to touch you you just want like space you don't want anybody close to you in bed you just want space but essentially right that really only lasts for the first like one maybe two years of your child's life and then you know you're like you start to kind of you you kind of get back into do you know what I mean you're not giving yourself wholly to a human to sustain them you're you know but I also think probably there is something to like Brittany you kind of said that it's like a massive bonding experience that the the husband doesn't get to have yeah I mean they say I mean I know and I hope I'm not speaking out of school my poor brother who I talk about all the time, but he, you know, he was very, he felt a little isolated, like in, in Mm -hmm. being a man and, and not having the same bond and the, and my dad said this too, like, you know, he, my mom always jokes, you know, your dad always used to say, one of those kids going to like me because Mm -hmm. they just wanted, we, you just want your mom because they feed you and care for you and you were with them and you've bonded. Like, you know, I, I, I think it is a different experience for men. Yeah. Yeah. You can do um with bottle feeding too. Like my husband, you could do like skin to skin with your baby as as the male, right? Oh. And or as the um you know the the person who is not breastfeeding or whatever, and then do skin to skin and still give a bottle, which is also creating that 
that bond, right? Which is what they um, tell women to do if you're not able to breastfeed. It's you can still do like get your baby naked. You can do skin to skin with your baby. You don't have to be naked, but you can like take off your shirt and stuff. And so that they're kind of on your stomach and, um, and then give them the bottle. Right. And it's, you're, you're creating yeah. that bond by doing skin to skin. So partner right. Which is highly recommended that. too, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's, yeah. And I, I, I think that was something I think I think that was something they did as well my brother because it's a newer thing for with men mm -hmm. but I I think he just and you know he's I've I've you know I've overheard him say a few times too just like oh yeah it just like jokingly like oh you stole my wife <laughs> <laughs> um going back to more asshole men oh yeah um so I guess, so I don't know how 100% this is, but uh, breastfeeding usually s makes it so that you don't, you can't get pregnant, right? Um, it's, yes, it's, so it's, it's said to, but it's, I know people that have been breastfeeding who have gotten pregnant. <laughs> me, so. I was one of them. My mom, my mom, <laughs> my mom had me, I was breastfeeding and she had my, she got pregnant with my sister. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's so that's it's problematic like old for wives tale kind of. Right. So that's kind of problematic for like in the sort of aristocracy or for people who obviously needed like heirs for just a lot of kids. They noticed that women who were, who were breastfeeding wouldn't be able to get pregnant again. And as a woman back in those times, a lot of the time, your one job was just to shoot out those babies <laughs> as much as possible. Nope. Uh, there was also a superstition that intercourse tainted breast milk. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not true <laughs> just, just in case anybody needs to know uh, in ancient Egypt wet nurses were exalted uh, despite the fact that they were actually servants and they were invited to royal events their own children were actually considered kin to the king hmm. oh. yeah so that's nice in Florence wet nurses would go to public squares to sing songs to promote their services ooh ooh I like that because for some for some women it wasn't triple threat. Um, it was like a profession. Please mm -hmm. tell me this is the origin story of my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that time in Florence they actually sang that song. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so in the 1600s in Europe, half of women were sending their babies off to be wet to wet nurses. Uh, and also the the need for wet nurses for things like infant abandonment or maternal death were very high because obviously at, back in that time when they were like not super knowing about all the um, things that can happen sort of during uh, childbirth, after childbirth, don't stick your dirty hands up people's vaginas because it kills them sometimes. How many times so, do I have to tell you? <laughs> Wash your hands, for Pete's <laughs> sake. Men, people. Uh, so this was generally, um, you know, hired by aristocratic women um, because it was seen as unfashionable because then maybe you couldn't fit into the fashion of the day. Like, it was literally unfashionable because you couldn't wear the fancy dress right. of the time. Oh, because yeah. your boobs okay. were too big because I mean, they had milk in them? I guess so you so. don't want I was going to say that that's gone out like, of style because <laughs> the bigger the better. 
<laughs> no, are you kidding me? <laughs> They're everyone's super skinny now, like crop top. Chantal, are you gonna be able to do wearing a crop top now? Um, I obviously already am, and <laughs> <laughs> well, you shouldn't because you're breastfeeding. No. That makes sense, right? I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna invent uh, just for my own style and preference. I'm not gonna call them crop tops. I'm gonna call them slop tops, <laughs> and it's gonna really trend. <laughs> Um, many, but actually, this happened to for um, many wives of merchants, doctors, lawyers, uh, also employed wet nurses because it was actually cheaper to hire a wet nurse than it would be to hire someone to help their husband's business run or to run the household. Oh, which I thought was a very interesting fact. I think we kind of forget that you know Mm -hmm. they were doing a lot more things, and they it was actually um because it's it's not skilled labor i guess right right the time it takes to like breastfeed your child too like you could like i spend all of the hours of the day it feels trying to breastfeed and breastfeeding and pumping and all of them then bottle feeding because just all of the stuff and it's like the things that i could do like i would you know if there was somebody else doing that i would my house would be clean i might (laughs) might attempt to cook something that's exhausting. I don't have that excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, also during the Industrial Revolution, there was a lot of low-income families that were working in factories, and they they did not have, you know, two hours a day at all to breastfeed. So they actually, it was kind of interesting that that this wet nursing thing sort of started at the top of the social status, and then then actually kind of dripped down to, you know, these sort of very poor. Um, low-income families so it would be often the rural poor the people sort of living outside the cities that would take up the wet nursing hmm. oh but then that's kind of a there's like a that that's like a line down and then what happens when they want to have then you run out of people then i guess the goats get involved maybe that yeah maybe <laughs> and honestly i for the time it was practical i guess mm-hmm yeah. yeah. In the 18th century, women could actually make more money in England as a wet nurse than their husband would be as a laborer. Hmm. So, That's great. Yeah. Um, and then same thing, 18th century in France. Okay, so a lot of them, like I said, the, the wet nurse moves in with them. In France, approximately 90% of infants were sent away to live with their wet nurse so you literally like had the baby and you're like all right see you later <laughs> come back when you've learned latin and then we'll we'll be friends you can be my child in silence in the back oh, fuck. nice life yeah this obviously spreads to america when they got there uh, one theory that is that it may have sort of started during the 1600s because there was an outbreak of malaria and white settlers thought that their black slaves would have a natural immunity to pass on to the children. So they would obviously very nicely ask their black slaves, mm-hmm. hey, would you be a wet nurse to my child? Please, thank you. Here's money. <laughs> That's not what No money. Okay, no just money. checking. Yep. No. So they would make them breastfeed their children at the expense of their own children, obviously. This was then moved to be a, a, a you know a status symbol. If you had a wet nurse, uh, symbol of wealth. Uh, women would actually time 
their pregnancies to match their slaves' pregnancies. Oh, that's cool. Um, And slave owners, like I said, we kind of, this whole whether uh, breastfeeding helps or not with um, birth control, but, but slave owners would use this as a form of birth control on their slaves. Oh, to continue breastfeeding? To make them breastfeed yeah. so they can't get pregnant. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like I said, it's it was often at the expense of the black mother's own children because they would be brought into the house uh, and not really allowed to see their children at all. And this kind of leads into this stereotype of bad black mothers because they were separated from their infants and their babies when they were... And so their babies were fed cow or goat milk instead, which led to high mortality and higher susceptibility to diseases in early childhood. This it also goes in towards the, the mammy mm-hmm. stereotype, mm-hmm. Um, which is a portrait of a, of a generally like a very um, outgoing black slave who loves the white children over her own. Uh, and like, obviously they were removed from their own children by force this was not um, this wasn't you know wet nurses in europe it was generally maybe they were they had an illegitimate child so therefore they would sort of have to give that child up so that they could and and be a wet nurse as a way to make an income obviously this was not done by choice mm-hmm. so it starts to change a little bit in 1793 french the french declared that women who did not breastfeed were ineligible for welfare so, oh. right back in the judgy, judgy parts. Yeah, no doubt. In 1794, Germany actually made it a legal requirement to breastfeed your child. But then, in 1865, German chemist Justus von Liebig say, uh, patented infant food, which is cow's milk, wheat, malt flour, and potassium bicarbonate. So, this allowed for a healthier alternative to breast milk it actually again started in the upper classes and moved down through to the lower classes uh so that's where we are now um some interesting facts about this is that it was originally thought that wet nurses had to have recently undergone childbirth also i thought that <laughs> but apparently just regular breast stimulation can elicit lactation so what chantelle i could be your backup no <laughs> <laughs> i will stop drinking i do not trust you <laughs> that baby grows so many sci-fi things in their head <laughs> that's a, so anxiety disorders yeah you can borrow my pump anytime you want to try this and see if it gets going but um i think that's a nice way of asking you not to put your tit no. in our kid's mouth yeah, but uh, it's actually still common in some places, like China, Indonesia, and the Philippines. And actually, after the 2008 Chinese milk scandal, where there was a bunch of contaminated formula that poisoned thousands of babies, Ooh. that um, the salaries for uh, wet nurses significantly went up. Yeah, uh, and it's now coming in, as as all things do, maybe coming back a little bit. A, there's like a sale for breast ma- milk, mm-hmm. especially for NICUs, for like the little, little babies. Yeah. And also milk sharing has been seen on Facebook groups and other websites to help other mothers. 
I read like one in, or maybe it was like 5% of families have kind of explored this alternative boob milk, let's call it. Yeah. When I was in the hospital, I heard um, the doctors talking or maybe the nurses talking about, um, and it was just like they have the radios and it was like somebody had to get somebody's breast milk that was in the fridge that they had brought. So they had like purchased some. So that when their baby came out, they would be able to breastfeed, like have breast milk immediately, even though it wasn't theirs. Right. Which I was like, wow. Interesting. So, yeah. So that's kind of where that is. So we could be talking in 20 years and it's totally normal again. Oh, yeah. Things just did. And Brittany and I are (laughs) side hustling. I could side hustle. Selling our breast milk. (laughs) I I mean. (laughs) You'd also be too old probably yeah i mean i'll be like 64 (laughs) (laughs) oh lord thundering oh yeah so that's the history of uh wet nurses that's awesome carla thank you thanks Uh, have you got a a little more modern uh news story shall i bring us into the future um please do well i don't know if you guys have seen uh the latest trending photo here on social media uh regarding breastfeeding have you no no uh, no australian olympic snowboarding icon uh tora bright uh is pictured and she's doing a headstand like a yoga headstand yeah and she's uh she's just in her underwear and her baby she's doing a headstand while her baby is breastfeeding what how is that physically possible it's pretty cool actually <laughs> she's like <laughs> does it like flip down up. is it just like... she's like upside down and she is, uh, yeah, her baby's on all fours, and he is uh, feeding, uh, breastfeeding. So let's have a look if you can. Uh, just see, if I you just type in Tora Bright uh, breastfeeding, and I'm sure. It'll... Oh, I see. Yeah. So she. Oh yeah. Okay. She's pretty badass. So um, yeah, uh, she has the the new the story that is in the news is that this photo came out. And Tora Bright has fired back at her critics after triggering a debate with a picturing herself breastfeeding while doing a headstand dressed in her underwear, uh, marking a Mother's Day earlier. So she posted this on Mother's Day. She's a two-time Olympic medalist, um, and she shared a couple of images of herself and her young son, Flo. It is coming under fire because people are like, you're doing this to get attention. And, you know, just the regular people are like not all moms can do headstands and breastfeed. <laughs> yeah, I was like, not all moms can breastfeed. I was like, not all... And then also... Not all people can do headstands. I, was, I, I kept looking through this, and there's, like, a lot of different moms doing handstands and all crazy poses, which... I don't know. Chantal, you're a yogi yeah. person. No, well, Are you doing headstands? No, because, well, the issue is, is, like, it's it's the baby. Is the baby able to latch? Right, so like that baby's like got a good latch. That guy's that guy's on there. <laughs> that baby's right. The baby's got it. And I will say too, the baby looks about a little over a year. Yeah. So he's not, it. he's not a brand new baby. No. That would be an odd picture. Yeah. Just a lifeless baby, just like scrambled <laughs> about, and the mom's just trying to do a headstand. Hmm, She's ten month old son. 
Yes. Yeah. So he's yeah. yeah, buddy. So I feel like this is giving hard mom goals though. Mm-hmm. This pretty I mean it's you know what? I just also think like if you can do something like that, great. Why do people care? It, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's no, I think it's great she can do that. I think it's great to um uh sh- have more things about breastfeeding and all that stuff. But I also like my first thing is like, what well, I can't do a headstand just in general. Yeah. Um so she writes back clapping back at all the haters. She writes Mm -hmm. back, she says, Becoming a mother has unleashed something inside of me. It's deeply spiritual. It's primal. It's raw. It's fierce. It's pure. I am a mother. My prayer for all mothers now and in the future is that they be heard, honored, respected, and encouraged to trust their intuition. Now Mm -hmm. I'm scream crying, so don't mind me over here. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) That's fair. Hey, speaking of things that would probably make you puke, why don't we move Uh on to the drink? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> great advertisement. Um, I do apologize, my friends. I did pick this. Uh, it actually comes from a uh, cocktail book that I have that's usually very good. It's called the Savoy. Art of Mixology. Oh, uh, so it has some like fun twists on things, and this bourbon uh, milk punch is not no not a you know what i gotta tell you i i am joking because it's just a like bourbon and milk it's gonna give me diarrhea but <laughs> it tasted good it tasted yummy um if you're wondering what goes into the bourbon milk punch it is you guessed it bourbon milk ice uh vanilla then also honey then also nutmeg. <laughs> so what you do to make that drink is you uh, fill a shaker up with ice, you pour in your milk, you pour in a shot of bourbon, uh, you can put as much honey to taste, I guess, as, as you'd like. I mean, give her a squirt. What I do is I steal packets from the gas station, so whatever you feel comfortable with, <laughs> however you divide your honey. Um <laughs> You shake that puppy up, put a little vanilla uh, extract in there as well. Shake that puppy up, pour it into uh, a glass with a, um, you, you, if you pour it through the strainer, it gives it a little f- nice froth. And then you add mm-hmm. that ice from the shaker into the glass. And then you're supposed to actually put a uh, freshly ground nutmeg, which I didn't even know you <laughs> could do. So I wouldn't know where to look for that. So I put poor people nutmeg on there, uh, which is actually still pretty expensive <laughs> i didn't have any nutmeg so mine's got nothing this is a pretty interesting drink though um little history on the bourbon milk punch it is an old drink printed mm-hmm. recipes date back to at least the 1600s what yep well before its association with new orleans um the french but so that's when they dated back to when they like started seeing this milk punch but oh it's most like recently associated with the the french quarter in new orleans um at establishments like brennan's and arnaud's french 75 bar uh are kind of given credit for perfecting the version we know today so the drink obviously uh is what i said but it can also be made up by with a variety of spirits from french brandy to american bourbon so Mm. i would imagine the 1600s uh, recipe would have been more in the french brandy realm right so yeah it's uh the bourbon punch combines to make uh milk punch combines its name namesake spirit with whole milk simple syrup vanilla extract freshly ground nutmeg 
dusted on top of the drink, providing sprinkles of warm aromatics with each sip. Uh, think of the cocktail as an eggnog without the egg. So, yeah. yeah. It's actually- I did think it was going to kind of taste like the eggnog thing, like with the nutmeg. and The honey didn't work for me. It just, I think because it was on ice, I think simple syrup would have been better. I uh, yeah, I put uh, I put simple syrup and honey because I didn't realize like oh yeah, good doy. It was one or the other, so it was a little sweeter, but it was actually pretty good. <laughs> well, the honey just got stuck to the container, and I didn't really get any honey. You gotta get that stolen gas station honey. I know, it. damn it, mine's like organic from a local farm. <sighs> you know what they say: always, always, always steal. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that, that, you know what, I, and honestly, you, you just kind of got to be in the mood for this drink. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I think you probably chose it cause it looked like breast milk. Yeah. And I like the, like when I was thinking when it first, when I saw milk punch, I was thinking more like, you know, breastfeeding is kind of like a punch to your boobs in a little bit of a way. Hmm. Accurate. I didn't really think about it as like punches and like, you know, the drink. <laughs> Maybe this is what babies are tasting. We don't know. <laughs> maybe you know what maybe babies have a more refined palate than we've ever given them credit for they're yeah. like ooh, bourbony yeah. with a honey twist don't mind <laughs> <laughs> i like your brand uh is what they mean their, their mother uh, does anybody have any interesting facts um i can i can go i have, yeah, I have one Please. i have one interesting fact i think kind of some theories so people say that when you're breastfeeding that if you have a drink while you're breastfeeding then the alcohol doesn't get into the breast milk it doesn't go to the baby all that stuff but I heard from somebody that um, the reason why mothers are taught um, are told not to drink while breastfeeding has nothing to do with the alcohol content that could get into the breast milk. It has to do with the fact that if you drink to excess that you would pass out. And if you're breastfeeding and you like passed out on your baby, that would be really awful. And so, um, cause usually it's like, they tell you like, if you're, if you have a really like gassy baby, then you should lighten up on the coffee. Like maybe don't, you only have one coffee a day instead of five. And then that'll help. Like, it's essentially like what you take in kind of comes out in your breast milk a bit. And so it's saying that, that it's not actually the alcohol that you're getting from um, what you're drinking it's the fact that it would affect you that you won't be able to that you're not capacitated enough to take care of your kid oh crazy yeah because the the like it's pump and dump is what is called yeah trying to just get rid of that yeah because the alcohol content yeah and so um but the theory is that there is like the alcohol content is so minute no matter how much you drink that that it doesn't matter that you can breastfeed your child no matter no matter what and the alcohol content doesn't actually matter it's not going to your kid but the reason they tell you not to do it is so that so that you can stay lucid i like the idea that they think like well women will just if they if we let them drink they're just gonna get so shit faced (laughs) they just pass out on their child who like you're so tired from doing this like who can you like i just can't even (laughs) 
I can't. Anyways. You're like, I'm not making myself a cocktail. I can barely get that bottle open before I fall asleep. Oh, man. Absolutely. <laughs> I like. I can't even think about alcohol right now. Like, honestly, I just... <laughs> You know, and I like having a drink to relax. I'm I'm all for having a drink, and I just can't even. I'm I'm not even there. <laughs> You're like I'm, I'm relaxed. Thank you. I need something that will un. <laughs> yeah, relaxed yeah, into exhaustion. No doubt. No. Uh, Carla, do you have any interesting facts? I do. Apparently. Uh, breastfeeding can burn up to 500 to 600 calories a day. So another reason I got to get on this wet nurse thing. (laughs) Also, I think we've kind of discussed this, but so babies are born with a suck reflex and a rooting reflex, which a rooting means like, I guess when you touch the side of the baby's face, they kind of turn towards that. Therefore, like it should kind of, they should kind of ish know to like latch a little bit, but they hundred percent do not know how to breastfeed. So it's kind of a myth, I guess, that babies are just born being like, okay, I got to find a boob. <laughs> I know exactly what to do. No, it turns out they don't know that. No. So, yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. I feel that's that checks out taught. with that checks out with all of my experiences and all of the experience of people <laughs> I've spoken to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, babies can't do anything. How do we expect them to just, like, be like, oh, by the way, I'll get my own food. I know how to get I no. I know how to do this. Don't worry. Yeah, like, I got this. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, and I think that's my biggest issue is, like, is the rooting. Because for sure he's rooting and trying to find it. And then it's like you're, like, putting the nipple in their mouth. And you're, like, right here. And they're, like, where is it? And just their head is wildly <laughs> going side to side. <laughs> you're like i literally have put it you just need to suck you just need to like (laughs) take it and swallow and nothing and you're just like he's also a boy though like my husband can't find (laughs) his shoes right now because i put them in the closet (laughs) he'll never find them now that's the end of that (laughs) they they no longer exist (laughs) um Well, Chantel, thank you very much for doing this and mm, knowing how tired you, you probably are staying up and <laughs> making, let, teaching us and hanging out with us. And we love you. Thank you, guys. Mm, I love you guys. And I'm so happy that I could do this and have something that I, I don't really know a whole lot about, but that I could talk about. So thank <laughs> this you. This is what we do. We just, we learn every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you guys here's the thing i learned three seconds ago (laughs) um well thank you very much and uh uh the people uh, who listen won't see you in a few days but i'm sure we will because we are in your face (laughs) Um, we love you very much and hey the listeners uh we love you very much thank you so much for uh coming back and listening every week we have uh we do this every week so if you have an idea let us know Give us give us a shout out. Hit us up on Instagram at Life Pairings Podcast. Uh, send us a DM if you tell us an idea. We're honestly we're just gonna do it because mm-hmm. we're running out of things to think about. <laughs> uh, uh, check us out on TikTok where we're uh, failing to make a lot of the drinks. Most, mostly failing. Yeah. yeah, we get them in the cup. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, and we're uh, you can you can hit us up on Patreon uh, if you feel like a little extra bonus content. There's videos. Mm-hmm. There's all kind. Of, we take uh, BuzzFeed quizzes sometimes. We do mm-hmm. uh, bonus episodes. We currently have a continuing uh, series going on with where we pair tragically hip episodes or tra- sorry, rather tragically hip songs with cocktails. So uh, yeah. check that out. We have three of those up there. Uh, thank you. We love you. Keep listening. Thanks, guys. Thank you.